Before you respond to my question, just, just listen to me for a moment. Does anybody want to really, sincerely, truly grow spiritually? Just show me your hand if you want to. I know that sounds so random. Like everybody should raise their hand for that, right? But I don't mean just as a public uh, recognition. I'm talking about really wanting to grow. To be in the place where a year from now you don't want to be dealing with the same things you're dealing with tonight unless it's the divine will of God. To overcome addictions, to overcome weaknesses and instabilities and insecurities. God, six months from now, I'd like to be a stronger, more dedicated, more faith-filled. And it can only happen through spiritual growth. <laughs> spiritual growth. I don't know why, but the church believes too often that spiritual growth is some hidden, mystical profound, crazy, outlandish, slain in the spirit, communication that God only gives you on rare occasions. That is not the case. Spiritual growth is simple. It is simple. When you tell me you want to grow spiritually, you, we have no excuse. If we really mean it, the formula is simple. Everybody can do it. Young people, old people, smart people, and not smart people can grow if they'll simply acknowledge and exercise four little principles. Here we go. You ready for number one? This is profound. This is so deep. Pray. That's exactly what I thought I would get a response. If you want to grow, it'll never happen without you making up your mind to pray more than you've ever prayed. And you've got, to, you've got to bust the box open in your prayer life. If you pray this much now and you feel good about it, you've got to go, next year I want to be praying this much, God. I've got to bust out of my routines and out of my standard methods of operation. If I'm going to grow, it's because I made up my mind, I'm going to become more of a prayer man, praying man, than I've ever been in my life. Ian e. Bounds said this, and I quote, Prayer is our greatest weapon yet it is the one thing that we are the least skilled in doing, unquote. And I'm not talking about some, oh, Jesus, help me, I'm running into the ditch. I'm talking about a prayer life. My advice is don't let yourself get to the place where you begin to say or think, okay, I'm doing good now. I'm praying good now. When those thoughts come in, and, and, and it's all right, I guess, to pat yourself on the back, but never allow yourself to get comfortable spiritually. If we get comfortable spiritually, we are in dangerous territory in our life. Listen to me. How many times do we, do we think about stuff? Things like Sister Jen referred to always on your mind. How could you not? What about if we prayed about it as much as we thought about it? What about the things that consume my thoughts throughout the day? I put as much time into praying over those things. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It doesn't have to be theological. It can just be, God, help me. I, I'm tired of being weak and vulnerable and not having victory. I want to grow. 
know some people think it's more profound than that for them because they're so technically you know, uh, categorized in God's company, but it really isn't. It's got to start with prayer. Got to start with old-fashioned prayer. And of course, praying at church, anybody can pray at church. But I'm talking about in your home and in your bedroom and in your car and in the break room at work and, and in the grocery store. And Paul the apostle said, we should pray without ceasing. And someone said, oh, is it time to pray? It must really be bad. Uh, If we're going to grow, we've got to get to the point where we realize that praying is not some tedious, boring little religious exercise. It is a time to have faith and a spirit-filled communication with God. I love to listen to people pray. I love to watch people pray and listen to people pray. Not to be judgmental, but to glean. I look at some people and say, that I don't ever want to be when I pray. And I look at others and say, I'd like to have some of that, Lord. Some of their energy and enthusiasm and zeal and faithfulness. Brother Carlos, don't ever lose your, your, your outward, your, your abundance of outward joy in prayer. I'm listening, brother. I'm watching you. It means a lot. If you're going to grow, Brother Josh, you're going to have to start praying more than you've been praying. And if I'm going to grow, I'm going to have to pray more than I've been praying. Well, how much prayer will be enough, Pastor? Don't even let yourself think thoughts like that. Because we'll never get to the place. As long as you're dealing with flesh, we're going to need to pray. If your kids go, what are we doing here in the restaurant table? Why why are you guys praying here? That probably means you don't pray enough in front of them. Anyway, to grow, Brother Matthew, I have to make up my mind I'm going to pray. I've got to pray. Second thing, going to blow your mind. This is so deep. Read your Bible. Again, again, I'm not talking about just some little activity you go through. I'm talking about blowing the doors off your routines, expanding your horizons. If you read this much, push yourself to read that much. Think about it in a year. Instead of reading a chapter a day and patting yourself on the back, you'd like to be reading a book a day. I want to grow. I want to grow in my prayer life, and I want to grow in my reading of God's Word. If this really is a light to my feet and a lamp to my path, why are we looking for reasons to not be more involved in what it's saying? Brother Rick, I love, I, I pay attention to sports. It's just almost second nature to me. You know that. I, 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 all sports, all major sports. Well, soccer is not major, but, you know, when we were kids, we laughed at soccer players, all right? Brother Rick, you know where I'm going, all right? Don't bother me after church. I'm just playing with you, all right? You want to play soccer, whatever. But anyway... It's something that interests my mind. I like to read statistics and know where this person's at and how that team's doing. It's not a religion to me. It's just part of my routine in life. It isn't so important to me that when I have a migraine, I'm checking the scores 
Not so important to me that when somebody needs my help, I'm like, all right, as soon as this quarter's over. It's just something that interests me. Like camping does interest some people or fishing interests you. Sports interest me. Can anything become a God and, and get out of sorts? Of course it can. Anything can be given too much time in my attention. But anyway, I, I'm interested in that. What about if, if I shortchanged God and said, the Bible bores me, I don't get it anyway. So I'm going to be knowledgeable about you know, who's, who's, who, who's in the Stanley Cup finals or who's in the NBA finals, but I don't even know where the book of Romans is. Hmm? If we're going to grow, we've got to push outside of our box. Read the Bible like you believe it's true. Memorize it. Invest time in the Bible. We've got we've to pray like we've never prayed. If we're going to grow. Listen, the amount you pray today is not going to be enough for next week's tribulations. That's why you have to grow your prayer life. Grow your Bible study. I mean, the amount you prayed last year was great. It got you through last year. It's not going to be enough to get you through this year. It isn't. You've got to grow it. And the same can be said for reading the precious word of God. Have you found it to be a light when everything around you is dark? I can't tell you the thousands of times I've opened the Bible and something spoke to me just what I needed. It's a breath of sanity in an absolutely insane world today. Number three, this is a real deal, deal breaker here. One, if you want to grow, if you want to grow spiritually, make up your mind. There's not some secret thing here. You've got to pray. You've got to pray more. You've got to read more. Number three, deal breaker here. You really want to grow? Crucify your flesh through. Yeah, men from the boys, now we're going. Fasting. It hurts, Pastor. It's supposed to hurt. It's supposed to hurt because you're denying the very thing that Satan uses to distract you from the will of God, your flesh. Well, I get hungry. I'm going to give you some advice on fasting. I hope, I, I hope it helps someone. Matthew 17, 21. Jesus said, this kind goeth not forth but by prayer and fasting. There's some things will never change until you start fasting. Some things will. Some things can. Some things will. But there's some issues in life that will never budge. Why is it God doing something? Why is it God bailing me out? Why is it God helping me? Why don't you go on a fast about it? Why don't you fast about it? Now, here's my, here's my personal interpretation. I'm sure it differs from his and his. Anybody that, Brother West, I'm sure it, my opinion differs from all of yours. But since I've got the mic, that's all that matters right now. Hallelujah. When you fast, I, I, I'm just not a person that recommends getting a fasting partner. Because a fasting partner means I'm going to talk about what I'm doing. 
even if it's in the privacy of my own spiritual realm, and even if that person gets me, I don't fast with my wife, I don't fast with my kids, I don't fast with my friends. I'm not going to do it because Jesus said, when you do this, go into your closet. Do it as secretly as you can. Do it as privately as you can. Now, you can't hide it all from the world. Your wife wants to know why you're not eating. Your son wants to know why you're not ordering. You, some of you got to say, well, that's all right. I'm just not eating today. We don't have to make some big presentation about it and the walls are trembling. Some people like fasting partners or prayer partners. I think it's kind of goofy. I think it kind of defeats the purpose, but that's just my opinion. Just my opinion. That's all it is. You want prayer partners? Get all you want. But I, th I think the more you talk publicly about it, the more, the more you lessen the chances of God doing something for you. <clears throat> the best way to discipline my flesh, those who fasting. And another piece of advice for what it's worth is um, when you gather information, if you, if you haven't fasted much, and maybe there's a handful of you in here that haven't, and you want to start doing it because you want to grow spiritually, be real cautious and choosy who you talk to. How do I fast, Pastor? How do I, how do I go about this? How much time do I look at doing? All the questions that people who haven't done a lot of fasting have. Nothing wrong with that. But be careful because some people will, some people are overzealous. Some people are underzealous. When I believe the Bible is allowing us one thing, balance. It's silly to say you're going to go on a 40-day fast if you've never fasted 40 hours. It's silly. Now, if someone's laying on their deathbed and everything's desperate and it's emergency time, let's do whatever we need to do. Get in touch with God. But if you're fasting just to sharpen your spiritual skills and to grow spiritually, just be careful who you, you, you go fishing for advice from. While, while people may mean well, they may lead you down that line of being underzealous or overzealous. And when you fail at something you're trying to do to please God, it's not a very good feeling. You wake up in the middle of the night saying, I blew it again. So wisdom tells us if we haven't fasted much, just do what you can do. Don't make these grandiose promises to God. Because Solomon says it's better not to make a vow to God than to make a vow and to break it. And fasting means to avoid eating. Someone said, does that mean I can't drink coffee? Fasting is avoiding eating. If you want to go on a strictly water fast, that's your business. But if you ask what the word fasting means, it means avoid food. Does it mean it's okay to blend up half a loaf of bread? It's not fasting. I'll never forget. I got to be careful some stories here. I'll never forget walking into a Bible study we used to have, uh, I don't know, Monday nights or something, years and years and years ago. <laughs> and uh, that came a revelation to the young brother that night that melted cheese was not, you know, allowable on a fast because it's liquid. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not, it's not, it's not solid form, Pastor, it's liquid. Yeah. <laughs> Is that even worth answering? 
I'm not, I'm not kidding. Serious as a heart attack. I said, yeah, no wonder you're not hungry after three days. <laughs> Drinking three pounds of Velveeta a night. That's not crucifying the flesh. And obviously, if you have severe health issues, you can't be, you can't be riding the coattails of someone who has all zeal and no wisdom. If you have severe health issues, hello, take care of yourself. You know what you need to do. Di people that are diabetics, and I don't understand all the levels of diabetes, but I know it's a serious condition. Yeah, serious condition. And I, I honor your faith. I, I, I'm in awe of your faith. But exercise wisdom. God, God would rather have you around so you can keep growing than think you're going to be a martyr. Number one, if you want to grow. No one's, no one's even taking notes tonight. Isn't that funny? Now, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. You could all teach this is all I'm saying. That's all I meant by that. Don't take me serious, there at least. Pray. I don't understand why I'm so dry, Pastor. Check your prayer life. Check your prayer. Is prayer a burden? Is it an obligation? And when someone says, it's time to pray, do you go, oh. That's probably why you're all dry inside. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you, it's, it's, it's the first key to growing spiritually. And when it's absence, what happens? You die spiritually. Pray, read the Bible. It's amazing when you're praying and you're reading the Bible, how much the two just so come alive to you. Come alive to you. Fast, control your flesh. Pray, read fast. Never heard those before, have you? And number four, and it has its own lanes of explanation that need to be heard. Fellowship. Pray, read, fast. Again, out of your routine. If you fast one day a week, God bless you. I appreciate that discipline. I appreciate that. Why don't you step out of your box in the next year? Why don't you, why don't you get yourself settled where you're, you're strong emotionally and mentally, whatever, what, if that's August, that's July, if that's December, and say, I'm going to start doing two days a week. Or I'm going to start going 36 hours and not eating. You'll never grow until you challenge yourself to do more than you've been doing. But the fourth thing is fellowship. And I don't mean just with people that like the Cubs like you or the Packers like you, but fellowship with believers, with faithful believers that will stretch you and challenge you. Right. Gonna get quiet here, but don't hang out with gossipers. Amen. Just because it's a church doesn't mean they're not gossipers in the church. hang out with people. You know those people that you get around, even if they're your friends or family, and eventually if you're around them long enough, the conversation's going to go to that place where you go, because eh. someone, the problems in the church are going to come up. The problems in their family are going to come up. The problems with so-and-so are going to come up. They always do with that person. 
Uh, no one knows what I'm talking about tonight. That's not good fellowship. That's not the type of fellowship that will grow you. It will not. What that will do is weigh you down. It will kill any life in you. Listen, I love Ollie, and I want us all to overcome everything that hinders us and the walls and the obstacles. But, brother, if you recognize that fellowship is unhealthy for you, you are light years ahead of the game if you cut it off. Cut it off. Well, I can't do that to my friends. Well, they're going to take you down into the mire if you don't do something about it. I, I know I'm on my own tonight. But, but you know, along the, along the way, I've hung around with some folks in life. I, I don't even have a name in my brain right now, seriously. But every time I'd get around them, if it's more than an hour or two, somewhere the bloody conversation... It's just something. They just bait you. Oh, look at all the angelic faces here tonight. We are better off, Brother Marshall, if we recognize it. Pray for them. Recognize, be honest. That, you know what? Every time I'm with them, I don't leave stronger. I, I leave always feeling like I need to repent of my thoughts and what I've said. And fellowship over good things. Man, if we can't get together and talk about God and faith and the Bible and souls and laugh over a silly board game and eat hot dogs and have just innocent, pure fun, I don't want a fellowship outside of that. I don't want it. This is the type of fellowship that I'm talking about now that will grow you. When you hang around people that challenge you and stretch you. What was that Bible board game we used to always play all the time with the questions and, no, I don't Get around, Bible trivia, yeah, thank you. Get around people that are good at Bible trivia and you'll go like, I better sharpen my pencils up around, it, around these people. Psalm 133 verse 1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. formula for growth is simple, not complicated. Pray. Read. Interpretation. You know how to do that and get inside those boxes of life and, and expand so that you can grow. And there's some people when you, when you study the Bible, they're, you know, they're just, they're always the question that can never be answered. Well, who made God and all that? Sooner or later, either I'm going to convince you to have faith in God or I'm going to quit hanging around you. If that's all you want to do is keep going back to those negative things. <laughs> you want to grow tonight? You've got to make up your mind to change the way you see prayer, Bible study, fasting, and fellowship. That's the formula for growth. Spiritual growth doesn't happen by any other methods or means. If you're bored at church, don't blame me. Don't blame me. 
you're bored at church, you need to look into one of the, one of the four of these categories, or all four, whatever. All four, possibly.